This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will be a question session reviewing multiple choice questions related to intervertebral discs, which is one of the topics that we covered this past week on the podcast. So let's get right into it. First question. Which of the following statements is true regarding the nucleus pulposus? And the choices are 1. It's primarily composed of type 1 collagen. 2. It contains 60 to 70% water content. 3. It has a low proteoglycan to collagen ratio. 4. It receives its nutrient supply via diffusion through the vertebral end plates. And 5. It's derived from the sclerotome. So the vertebral end plate serves as the major blood supply and source of nutrition for the intervertebral disc. So the correct answer to this question is 4. It receives its nutrient supply via diffusion through the vertebral end plates. While the adult intervertebral disc is avascular, it undergoes substantial metabolic turnover. It relies on diffusion at the disc bone interface. A pumping mechanism exists to help facilitate this diffusion as the disc expands and contracts with axial loading. Disruption of the fine cartilaginous end plate vasculature can result in degeneration of the disc. Smoking, calcification, and sclerosis of the end plate can accelerate disc degeneration. Samartzis et al. discussed novel diagnostic and prognostic methods in regard to disc degeneration and low back pain. They noted that significant degenerative disc disease can be found in asymptomatic individuals and that a poor correlation exists between degenerative disc phenotypes and low back pain. Fields et al. attempted to quantify and link variations in innervation in the vertebral end plate and disc to the presence of pathologic features. They concluded that the diagnostic value of MRI in chronic back pain is limited and that new imaging modalities that better visualize end plate pathology may improve diagnostic power. Kepler et al. provided a review article on the molecular basis of intervertebral disc degeneration. They found that genetic factors may play a far greater role than environmental factors in degenerative disc disease and described several molecular events leading to disc degeneration. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1 is incorrect as the nucleus pulposus is primarily composed of type 2 collagen and the annulus fibrosus is primarily composed of type 1 collagen. Answer 2, it contains 60 to 70% water content, is incorrect as the nucleus pulposus is composed of approximately 88% water. Answer 3, that the nucleus pulposus has a low proteoglycan to collagen ratio is incorrect as the nucleus pulposus actually has a high proteoglycan to collagen ratio. The annulus fibrosus, on the other hand, has a low proteoglycan to collagen ratio. And answer 5 of it is derived from the sclerotome is incorrect, as the nucleus pulposus is actually derived from the notochord. The annulus fibrosus is derived from the sclerotome. Moving on to the next question. All of the following are true regarding the change to the nucleus pulposus from birth to adulthood except. And the choices are 1. The nucleus pulposus decreases in water content. 2. The nucleus pulposus decreases in cellularity and proteoglycan matrix. 3. The nucleus transitions from notochordal-like cells to chondrocyte-like cells. 4. The density of fibroblast-like cells in the nucleus pulposus increases. And 5. The molecular content of the nucleus pulposus remains largely type 2 collagen. So with age, the nucleus pulposus transforms its cellular phenotype, decreases cell content, decreases matrix synthesis, and decreases in size. The nucleus itself has no fibroblast-like cells. These cells are retained exclusively in the annulus fibrosus. 
So the correct answer to this question is four, the density of fibroblast-like cells in the nucleus pulposus increases. The aging nucleus pulposus undergoes many pathologic changes that lead to abnormal mechanics and discogenic back pain. Specifically, the disc decreases its water content, decreases its size, decreases its cellularity, and decreases its proteoglycan content. Its molecular content remains predominantly type 2 collagen as it ages. Smith et al. review intervertebral disc embryogenesis, development, and degeneration. The vertebral column develops through a complex interplay between the somites and the mesoderm-derived notochord, which plays a central role in cell signaling that allows differentiation of the intervertebral disc. The disc itself is composed of a central nucleus pulposus that is type 2 collagen with an outer annulus fibrosis that is type 1 collagen. The cells of the annulus adopt fibroblastic morphology in contrast to the notochordal-like cells of the nucleus. The hallmark of the aging nucleus is its decreased cellularity. This process begins within the first 10 years of life, and eventually all notochordal-like cells disappear and are replaced by chondrocyte-like cells with a lower metabolic rate. These cell populations are considered potential therapeutic targets for discogenic back pain. Moving on to the next question. Within the intervertebral disc, agrican is primarily responsible for, and the choices are 1. Tensile strength of the nucleus pulposus, 2. Tensile strength of the annulus fibrosis, 3. Sensory transmission, 4. Maintaining water content, and 5. Intermolecular cross-linking of collagen. So agrican's primary function in the intervertebral disc is to maintain water content. So the correct answer to this question is 4 maintaining water content. Agrican, the most abundant proteoglycan within the intervertebral disc, is a hydrophilic molecule which helps attract and maintain water within the disc. This is important to maintain compressive strength. Early in life, agrican has a high percentage of chondroitin sulfate chains. With aging, this gradually changes to higher percentage of keratin sulfate. Other proteoglycans include decorin and versican. Decorin is believed to regulate cell cycles and influence fibrillogenesis. Versican is a large extracellular matrix proteoglycan involved in cell adhesion and migration. Roughly et al. provide a review of biologic changes within the intervertebral disc during development, maturation, and degeneration. They note that agrican works to maintain water content within the disc, thus improving its compressive strength. Agrican content decreases with age, leading to a loss of compressive strength. Moving on to the next question. Which of the following correctly describes a physical or molecular change in the degenerative pathway of intervertebral disc disease? And the choices are 1. Decreased type 2 collagen in the nucleus pulposus. 2. Increased water content in the nucleus pulposus. 3. Increased type 9 collagen in the nucleus pulposus. 4. Decrease in the keratin sulfate to chondroitin sulfate ratio in the nucleus pulposus. And 5. Decrease in type 1 collagen in the annular fibrosis. So a reduction in type 2 collagen synthesis is a pathological process in the degenerative pathway of intervertebral disc disease. So the correct answer to this question is 1. Decreased type 2 collagen in the nucleus pulposus. There are many physical and molecular changes in the degenerative pathway of intervertebral disc disease. These include decreases in the synthesis of types 2 and 9 collagen, nutritional transport, water content, absolute number of viable cells, proteoglycans, and pH, 
as well as increases in the synthesis of types 1 and 10 collagen, increases in keratin sulfate to chondroitin sulfate ratio, increases in lactate, and degradative enzyme activity. Kepler et al. reviewed intervertebral disc degeneration and emerging biologic treatments. They report treatment of intervertebral disc disease is challenging as discs are avascular structures and the delivery of therapeutic proteins via the bloodstream is limited. Methods considered to enhance disc cellularity include in vitro expansion and subsequent reimplantation of disc tissue, mesenchymal stem cell implantation, and injection of platelet-rich plasma into the disc. Moving on to the next question. Which of the following is pathognomonic of intervertebral disc degeneration? And the choices are 1. Increased water content in the nucleus pulposus. 2. Loss of type 10 collagen in the nucleus pulposus. 3. Decreased thickness of the inner annulus fibers. 4. Degradation of large proteoglycan molecules in the nucleus pulposus. And 5. Annular tears and fissuring occurring most frequently in the central disc. So degradation of large proteoglycan molecules in the nucleus pulposus is pathognomonic of intervertebral disc degeneration. So the correct answer to this question is 4. Degradation of large proteoglycan molecules in the nucleus pulposus. Degeneration of the intervertebral disc is a major pathological process implicated in low back pain and is often considered a prerequisite for intervertebral disc herniation. While the pathophysiologic causes of intervertebral disc degeneration at the molecular level are not fully known, there are many physical and molecular changes that are known to contribute to the disease process. The most significant is loss of large proteoglycan molecules and decreased water content. Moving on to the next question. Morphogenic factors such as bone morphogenic protein 2, bone morphogenic protein 7, and transforming growth factor beta have been postulated to play a role in reversing the process of intervertebral disc degeneration. These molecules work via what mechanism? And the choices are 1. Increased cell proliferation leading to increased cell numbers within the disc and enhanced matrix synthesis. 2. Inhibit the catabolic effects of matrix metalloproteinases. 3. Increase the chondrogenic phenotype of disc cells and increase matrix synthesis. 4. Promote increased end-plate vascularity and nutritional diffusion within the disc. And 5. Block receptors for tumor necrosis factor alpha and interleukin-1. Bone morphogenic protein 2, bone morphogenic protein 7, and transforming growth factor beta are morphogens that have been shown to alter the phenotype of target cells without increasing cellular proliferation. Within the intervertebral disc, these factors have the potential to increase the chondrogenic phenotype among disc cells, and this results in the increased production of disc matrix. Mitogenic molecules such as insulin-like growth factor 1 and fibroblast growth factor function to increase cellular proliferation. But the correct answer to this question is 3. Increase the chondrogenic phenotype of disc cells and increase matrix synthesis. Moving on to the next question. Which of the following are progressive changes seen with aging of the intervertebral disc? And the choices are 1. Increase in water content. 2. Increase in large aggregated proteoglycans. 3. An increased keratin sulfate to chondroitin sulfate ratio. 4. A decrease in degradative enzyme activity. And 5. An increase in nutritional support. So with aging of the intervertebral disc, there is an increase in the keratin sulfate to chondroitin sulfate ratio. So the correct answer to this question is 3, an increased keratin sulfate to chondroitin sulfate ratio. The objective of this question is to focus on the basic science of an aging intervertebral disc. 
Histologic assessments clearly support this notion by the coincidental disappearance of blood vessels from the end plate and the increase in matrix breakdown as evidenced by the occurrence of cartilage cracks, microfractures in the end plate, and tear and cleft formation in the nucleus pulposus. Kang et al. showed that while normal intervertebral disc cells are biologically active, cells of the herniated disc are more active. Additionally, interleukin-1-beta will increase their production of matrix metalloproteinases, nitric oxide, interleukin-6, and prostaglandin E2. Booz et al. in an article describing histology of age-related changes in the intervertebral disc found that degeneration involves 1. declining disc nutrition, 2. loss of proteoglycan organization and concentration, 3. decrease in water content, 4. a decline in cell numerical density and synthetic activity, and 5. increased degradative enzyme activity relative to matrix synthesis. Moving on to the next question, which of the following statements is true with regard to the aging process of the intervertebral disc along the end plate? And the choices are 1. Water content increases with age, 2. Proteoglycans increase with age, 3. Degradative enzyme activity decreases with age, 4. pH increases with age, and 5. There is a conversion to fibrocartilage. So disc aging leads to an overall loss of water content and conversion to fibrocartilage. So the correct answer to this question is 5. There is a conversion to fibrocartilage. The intervertebral disc allows spinal motion and provides stability. In addition, it's responsible for 25% of spinal column height. It consists of an outer annulus, which is a high concentration of type 1 collagen, and an inner nucleus pulposus with a high concentration in type 2 collagen. With aging, there is degeneration of the disc that may alter the function as well. Moving on to the next question. Which of the following lumbar disc components has the highest tensile modulus to resist torsional, axial, and tensile loads? And the choices are 1. Nucleus pulposus, 2. Cartilaginous end plate, 3. Anterior longitudinal ligament, 4. Annulus fibrosus, and 5. Cellular matrix. So the annulus fibrosus has a multi-layer lamellar architecture mode of type 1 collagen fibers. Each successive layer is oriented at 30 degrees to the horizontal in the opposite direction, leading to a, quote, crisscross type pattern. This composition allows the annulus, which has the highest tensile modulus, to resist torsional, axial, and tensile loads. So the correct answer to this question is 4, annulus fibrosus. Moving on to the next question. Which of the following changes is seen with age and degeneration in the intervertebral disc? And the choices are 1. Increased number of blood vessels in the outer annulus fibrosus. 2. Increased number of notochordal cells in the nucleus pulposus. 3. Increase of diffusion gradient between the annulus fibrosus and the nucleus pulposus. 4. Decreased type 1 collagen. And 5. Decreased water content of the nucleus pulposus. So the intervertebral disc consists of the annulus fibrosus, nucleus pulposus, and the end plate. Nucleus cells have a critical need for glucose because they obtain their energy primarily by glycolysis, even in the presence of oxygen. Disc cells do not require oxygen to remain alive, but they die at low glucose levels or acidic pH. Nutrients are supplied from the blood vessels at the margins of the disc and have to traverse the cartilaginous end plate and the fibrous annulus in order to reach the disc cells. The loss of the nutrient supply through the vertebral body will starve the cells in the disc center and may be a major factor in disc degeneration. The gross appearance of the nucleus pulposus is clear, watery, gelatinous matrix in the very young disc, 
but with age, the nucleus pulposus becomes more opaque and less hydrated and firm. The cellular composition of the young disc consists of many notochordal cells, but after 10 years of age, notochordal cells are not seen in the disc. Notochordal cells are the remnant of embryonal cells in the nucleus pulposus. But the correct answer to this question asking about changes seen in the intervertebral disc with age and degeneration, the correct answer is 5, decreased water content of the nucleus pulposus. Moving on to the next question. Recent studies have shown that cells of the intervertebral discs are biologically responsive and increase their production of matrix metalloproteinases, nitric oxide, interleukin-6, and prostaglandin E2 when stimulated by what molecule? And the choices are 1, osteoprotegrin, 2, interleukin-1-beta, 3, transforming growth factor beta, 4, rank L, and 5, PTH. So Kang et al. showed that, quote, cells of the intervertebral discs are biologically responsive and increase their production of matrix metalloproteinases, nitric oxide, interleukin-6, and prostaglandin E2 when stimulated by interleukin-1-beta. So the correct answer to this question is 2, interleukin-1-beta. The effect is more dramatic in normal, non-degenerated discs where spontaneous synthesis of these mediators is low. Nevertheless, cells of the herniated degenerated discs where spontaneous production was high were still capable of further increasing their synthesis of several of these biochemical agents in response to interleukin-1-beta. Endogenously produced nitric oxide appears to have a strong inhibitory effect on the production of interleukin-6, which suggests that autocrine mechanisms play an important role in the regulation of disc cell metabolism. OPG acts as a decoy receptor in the RANK-RANK-L signaling system, inhibiting osteoclast formation. RANK-L and PTH act in the signaling pathway to activate osteoclasts. And moving on to the final question for this review session, which of the following is true regarding changes in the vascularity of the adult intervertebral disc with age? And the choices are 1. Neovascularization occurs from the nucleus pulposus. 2. Neovascularization occurs from the outer annulus. 3. Neovascularization occurs from the end plates. 4. There is no change in vascularity. And 5. There is a decrease in vascularity. So as a person ages through adulthood, neovascularization of the intervertebral disc originates from the outer annulus. The intervertebral disc is composed of an outer structure called the annulus fibrosus and an inner structure called the nucleus pulposus. So the correct answer to this question is 2. Neovascularization occurs from the outer annulus. To quickly review once again, the intervertebral disc is composed of an outer structure called the annulus fibrosus and an inner structure called the nucleus pulposus. The annulus fibrosus is composed of type 1 collagen, water, and proteoglycans. The inner nucleus pulposus is composed of type 2 collagen, water, and proteoglycans. Intervertebral discs are avascular with capillaries terminating at the end plates. The nucleus pulposus receives nutrition primarily through diffusion through blood vessels within the end plate. Roberts et al. reviewed the histology and pathology of the intervertebral disc. They note that at birth, the cartilaginous end plates have large vascular channels through them as well as vascular channels through the annulus. Soon after birth, these vascular channels close with none remaining at the end of the first decade of life. However, with age, more blood vessels grow into the disc from the outer annulus fibrosis in response to degenerative changes. That's all for this question review session about intervertebral discs. Hopefully that was helpful. 
This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on iTunes. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.